0: Welcome to ZulcanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only.
1: Welcome to Soul Conocast, episode 47, Tarot, part 2, Feet, Amy Koretsky.
0: Yay, Amy's back. <laughs> I like how you said feet. Feet, <laughs> like you're reading it.
1: Uh, before we get there, though, welcome everyone to the podcast. So nice to have you back. Um, uh, I'm Hannah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Let's try that again.
1: What? I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whiteman, owner of Soul Con Fitness and Wellness, and we're having our three-year anniversary today because we're recording on June 1st.
0: Yay. Snaps. Snap! I don't want to clap on the mic. Uh, I'm Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner, ran my practice out of Silcana Wellness and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. It's nice to be here again. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How was your week? Uh, my week was crummy. I thought I was getting over a cold that I had last week or I thought I was just like managing it. And then Memorial Day hit, and I think it was because it was, like, a full day off. My body was like, and now you can get sick. Mm. So I'm just dealing with the credit of that. I actually feel great today. Like, I'm back in action. But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, is was, like, a roller coaster of, like, I feel great. Oh, I feel so gross. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's okay. I haven't gotten sick in a while, so it happens. How are you?
1: Uh, fine. I finished my food thing. Well, yeah. I finished my four weeks. I went to the naturopath. She was like, great job. You have a lifetime left to struggle with this. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. So Aww. I'm just retesting things one at a time. Yeah. I Someone, uh, Coach Jen, brought, went to Croatia. Jen Shaw, who we've interviewed on this podcast mm-hmm. some episode a while ago. You'll have to find out. <laughs> uh, she went to Croatia and brought me back these candied, like, dried fruits. Yeah. Uh, she brought them back for the coaches to share. And I was like, okay, well, I finished the thing today. So I pulled out this tiny little bit of orange
0: peel. You haven't had any sugar no. in a
1: month. Candied orange peel. And it was a small, like probably an inch long and very thin. And I ate it. And within hours, my eye rash had come back. Uh. I was so mad and my mouth burned. I was so mad. I was like, no. I wanted to just try a little bit, and mm. my stomach was like, no, you can't, you can't yet. You're not ready for that yet. So that was a good learning process, and now that's, it's gone away. So now today I tested peanut butter. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Cool. I just had a little bit, like a teaspoon. Okay. So I could just see. Because now I'm all worried that like if I have even a little bit of
0: something, it's going to be an irritant. But Yeah. So far, so good. Okay, that's good. Usually when people are reintroducing foods after, like, the group challenge or something, um, and they're coming from basically, like, a strict elimination diet, I'll actually have people do, like, three kind of profound amounts of the food in question at, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you might want to try it if you're really curious about peanut butter.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking is, like, tonight, when I'm in a more controlled environment at home, I would add some more in. But... I just didn't like having that, like, immediate rash on my face at work. So I was like thinking, yeah, OK, I'll just eat it rashy. at home when I can be rashy oh, <laughs> privately.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I can always game plan what to do with this.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: because I have, I have ideas. I okay. have ideas. Well, that's where I'm at right now. So that's my <laughs> yeah. week. That's all you yeah. think
1: about. But <sighs> it's fine. I've resisted so much temptation up to this point. It's like, you know, nothing can kill me. Yeah. And if you don't mind me popping it. No, you don't mind. Here's Welcome you the Amy Meet Amy <laughs> um. In
2: general, like I found even for myself when I add things back in after like elimination diets or whatnot, that sometimes it'll even be a delayed response. Um, so for me, sometimes when I drink alcohol, I and you and I talked about this the yeah. other day, like I haven't been drinking very much. And when I do, I'll notice my symptoms popping up two days after. So it always takes the two full days. So I always will drink, well, When you're adding something back in after an elimination challenge, like Lucia said, you want to kind of have a more profound amount of something a couple times and then wait like several days, not just say, okay, well, the last 24 hours were great. I'm going to try something tomorrow. Like give it a couple days and see if it's a delayed reaction. Yep.
1: Yeah. So one thing at a time. Yeah. But I didn't have any significant reactions from eggs, so, but I haven't eaten an egg. I haven't eaten an egg this week since I tried it. Mm -hmm. So We'll see if I can try to add those back in.
0: Yeah, I'd be
2: so sad if I couldn't eat eggs.
1: I know. Well, it tr- it's it's what it's hard is that a lot of paleo recipes that sub for other things have eggs in them. Yep. A lot of sauces have eggs. Like if you try to eat like a bread that's made of like a fake bread that's made of like coconut nut flour, flour it, it, it has it eggs. Well, in
2: and it. I also just don't. I like meat. I eat meat, but I don't want to eat meat like three
1: times a day. Yeah, as eating my, like, meat for, for breakfast protein. is weird. Right. The other day I had, like, a baked chicken breast for breakfast. You didn't like it? And it was fine. <laughs> it's just so dry in the morning, and you're, like, you want something runny and delicious and yogi and eggy. I just love Eggy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't, so. I can't do too many eggs. Like, having them as, like, my protein for breakfast doesn't feel good for me, so I'm in the camp of being, like, bring on that dry chicken breast, except it'd be, like, a succulent chicken thigh. <laughs> yeah. and, right. And then it feels okay. It was, like, I only had the breast ready Aww. to go, so that's what I had. That's
1: anyway... Fun. So I'm oh. I'm ready to eat eggs sometimes for breakfast. Again. Good, that would be great. That's huge. So I'm gonna try to eat them tomorrow for breakfast. See how it all goes. Yay!
0: We'll check in next week. See how the egg. We'll just keep experiment. on this journey forever. Yeah. This egg
1: experiment. Rude.
0: <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show,
1: Amy Kay. Yay. Hi. <laughs> we had her on as an interview guest one week, many weeks ago. Many episodes ago. And now she's back to talk about tarot. Yay.
0: Amy's really knowledgeable in tarot. But Amy, do you want to kind of just give people you know, your elevator pitch about who you are, what you do, and all that jazz? Yeah. So... My name is Amy Koretsky. I'm a licensed acupuncturist.
2: Um, I own an acupuncture clinic here in Minneapolis, specializing in digestive diseases and emotional mental health, migraines. Those are kind of the main things I treat. But then I also have an online coaching practice or coaching business where I do wellness coaching for mind, body, and business. So basically, it's wellness coaching for entrepreneurs that are needing help both kind of fixing their bodies to fix their business, but then also fixing their businesses to fix their bodies because it's not a one-way street. (laughs) Right.
0: I feel you. Love that. And you also have a podcast oh yeah i do (laughs) what's that called i have a podcast called health fuels hustle and it's all about uh, wellness tips for online business owners sweet cool we'll link it up in the show notes too yes you can check that out because it's awesome and it's full of a lot of really amazing information and
1: y'all gotta check it out because this is just part of being in the girl gang Mm
0: -hmm. you gotta support all your ladies
1: and all their (laughs) fantastic things
0: hell yeah
1: um also i just have to say that amy you're one of the reasons that i even dipped my toe into the world of (laughs) woo-woo and now I'm full on body in Swimming in woo-woo all the time. (laughs) I love it. Well, I remember, you know, the
2: first time you had me on Silconicast, we were mostly talking about acupuncture. But somehow that dove straight into the world of woo, and we started talking about crystals, and then you went out and bought your first crystals, and I feel like that was the starting point.
1: I might have been sniffing around the Mm -hmm. woo-woo world then, yeah. And now I own a bunch of crystals, and I'm all about tarot, and I'm, you know, whatever. So thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. And if we can get even one of you listeners to maybe – dip your toe in the world of woo-woo. I think you'll find it very joyful.
0: Yeah, it's a good
2: world. You know, like coming at it from a person who's always been very practical, like when I was in acupuncture school, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a clinic that is doesn't have any crystals or like waterfalls or, you know, like I was like, it's gonna be very legit, like medical practice. And I found that you know, woo-woo can mean different things for different people. And just because I had a preconceived notion of what it was doesn't mean that that's what it has to be for me. And so I feel like I've really found my own version of like practical woo, you could even say. Yeah. And so I, I'm very much grounded in reality. I am not someone who has their head up in the clouds all the time. Same. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I feel like you can't just be super grounded all the time. Um, that's actually being really imbalanced. You have to be both grounded and in touch with your intuition. So that's kind of opening up the top chakra and you know grounding with the lower chakras. And I feel like in order to be a um, wholehearted person, you have to have both.
1: I feel you. Amen. <laughs> uh, also, there's, I think, a difference between woo-woo and new-agey. Yeah. And maybe like mm-hmm. people are resistant to what feels new-agey, which is like that kind of false 90s woo-woo that's like, just be... Be one with you, but it doesn't actually ring true for people. But this like solo practice of woo-ness feels very true to and me. And I think a lot of the principles
2: behind the original dogma of New Age actually is really great. It's just that they weren't—I <laughs> don't want to say like marketing it in the wrong way, but it just wasn't resonating with certain people. And now yeah, yeah. that there's more people doing it in different ways, and you can see that you can have like a day job being a banker, like Fortune 500 company, and yet still believe in um, trusting your intuition through tarot. And that doesn't, it's not, um, it doesn't, I don't know what the word would be, but it can be all together. I
0: feel like it's it's bringing it back to it being personal and for the person instead of being like a trend or a train to hop on, because that's going to feel inauthentic. If you're just like I'm, new agey because I'm new agey because that's what new agey people do. Yeah. Like that's not going to get anyone very far because that's not really instilling that deeper connection or opening up, you know, different chakras or just feeling more in tune with yourself. Absolutely. And then we'll get
2: we'll get into this in a minute, even with tarot. But like I don't believe that there's one right way to do anything. You know, you and I have talked about this, Lucia, with food. There's yeah. no one right diet. Nope. Like everyone's going to have different foods that feel good with their body. Same thing with woo-woo you know everyone's gonna have different um energetic magical whatever practices that feel good for them and it's gonna look different from one person to the next and there's no rules like I mean we can jump right into the tarot thing but you know one of the myths out there is that you have to be gifted your first tarot debt, right yeah which is totally no way I bought my first three <laughs> totally and so I, I don't believe that you that there are rules when it comes to this sort of thing you know there are um Historical trends that you can choose to honor or you can choose to make your own and that's completely up to you
1: and there's certain stuff that will call out to you like i went to awakenings the other day where's that uh it's on minnehaha and like 42nd mm-hmm. yeah i never go south <laughs> okay, well, you got to come over south. Come over my way. There's some good energy.
0: Yeah, Awakenings <laughs> is this little
1: shop. It's this, this little woo-woo shop. It's like crystals and, and tarot stuff and all sorts of stuff. But I walked in, and the guy was like, are you an energy healer? I was like, no, I don't think so. And he said, well, what do you do for a job? And I told him, and he's like, oh, that that's a form of energy healing. Mm-hmm. But um, my point is, where was I going? My point is that there's so many different types of things you could do. Like there's like candle magic, and like you could do herbal stuff, or maybe you feel drawn to crystals. Maybe you don't. Maybe there's there's no wrong way. You can use the moon to set intentions, which right. is something that we're going to be talking
2: about in an upcoming workshop. That's right. and. This is a
1: good transition.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we're just going to throw down a date for you. Hmm. Uh, Amy and I are going to run a little workshop. At my house, <gasps> cool on full moon,
0: dang
2: around a fire,
1: around a fire,
2: getting after it. It's gonna be it.
1: about reading tarot for yourself and building a self care practice around the moon, the mm-hmm. moon and tarot, the and moon. bringing it all together. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's gonna be on July 9th. So we'll put that in the show notes so you can link it up, check out the Facebook invite to my house. If you're a murderer, please don't come.
2: <laughs> for reals. No, for real, for real, don't come. Or because no, we're you. we're
1: very magical and we will have swords
0: <laughs> in our tarot deck. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So watch out. Um, that'll be really cool. That will be very cool. I just this is the first time I hear of you know that, and yes, I love hearing you know that. that. Dropping the bomb. on you, really cool. Um, before we get into the tarot, and I just like I'm talking right now. I'm not even making eye contact with Amy because I just keep on looking at this deck. It's really pretty, and Amy also has a really cool um, cloth. Cloth, yeah, cloth. That is. Kind of setup that has a moon and a feather and crystals in different areas to be potentially placing tarot cards i'm assuming um, but before we get into this amy can you tell us a little bit about how you found tarot and what your journey with tarot has been or has been like yeah totally so i f- had probably
2: my oh gosh i don't actually remember when my first tarot reading was but the first one that really made like a deeper impact on me and that led me to buying my own deck Um, or actually I did get my first one gifted but like I don't think that that really matters (laughs) Um, but anyway it was I was on a trip um, it was the being boss vacation and being boss is a a podcast for creative business owners um, that I have become friends with these people and there's a big community around it and anyway we all took this big trip to New Orleans this was in 2015 and when you're in New Orleans it's like there's magic seeping out <laughs> yeah. of the, like, cracks in the sidewalk. Like, that whole town is just pure magic. And there's um, a town square in, like, the the district that, um, in the French Quarter, where they have all these tarot readers just with, like, folding card tables set up and their umbrellas to stay out of the sun, and you can, like, go get your cards read. And... Um, one of the women that had a table set up there, we had heard good things about her. Like a couple of our friends had readings from her and they were like, yeah, she's legit. She's not going to scam you. Mm -hmm. Like go get a reading from her. And so a group of friends, uh, we all ended up going and getting readings from her. And it just felt really awesome and good. And it was like, at that point in time, I was having a lot of, intuitive hits you could call them that things in my business were going to change and things in my life were going to change like i was going to get married within the next year and my business was really pivoting or transitioning in this way that felt scary but felt right and going and getting that reading i found that what it did it did not it wasn't about telling my future it was about really either giving me confidence around my own intuitive hits that i wasn't quite trusting at the time and then also giving me some really good questions to think about so that i could lead myself in the direction for my best self if that makes sense yes Mm -hmm. so it is not yeah so it's not about telling the future it's about helping you decide what your best path is Mm -hmm. and um so there was a whole lot of like tarot going on that whole weekend, like between going and getting that tarot reading and going into all these like witch shops and like checking out different decks and yada yada. And basically by the end of that week, a girlfriend and I both bought a deck for the other person.
1: Nice, oh, which sweet. is really great. Yeah. And so
2: um, that was my first tarot deck, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing with it. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, it was, um, it was. The imagery was based on the traditional imagery, which the deck I have here today is like the traditional imagery deck. Um, But it was in a tarot muka style, so kind of that Art Nouveau that was like Nouveau posters. Yeah. So it was really beautiful. um, And it had a little booklet that came with it. And so I would just like every day, I would just kind of pull a card and read what it said in the booklet and and just kind of like get a sense for it. And um, going from there, basically, I fell in love with it. I now what this is like not even two years later and I have like eight tarot decks (laughs) and I have a tarot practice where I am pulling cards for myself every single day. Um, Usually it's just one card a day but then around the new moon or full moon or when I have like something going on that's like I'm struggling with I will pull like more elaborate spreads. Mm. Um, I've since read some books on tarot like I did a challenge to myself um, the first quarter of 2017, where I was going to give 30 readings for friends, just like free readings for friends, um, 30 readings in a quarter. So over three months, 30 readings, which was actually like a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Sure. Yeah, it's very time-consuming
1: to give a reading. Yeah, too.
2: but it was super awesome.
1: Um, I got one. Ooh. Yeah, you sent me one on my birthday. I did yeah, that yeah. was kind of my it thing. Was I was
2: sending people on their birthdays little like one-card readings, sweet. and I felt like it was a good way of um, really tapping into trusting my knowledge about it instead mm-hmm. of like just reading for me. Um, I'm not a professional reader by any means, but when I was reading for someone else, it wasn't just like taking the knowledge that I already knew about myself and being like, OK, well, what intuitive hits am I getting about this card that right. might be beneficial for this other person? And that's kind of where I am today. I mostly read for myself. I'll read um, for other people, for friends when they ask me to. And then also, as part of my coaching business, um, It is very practical, and we have like specific things that we talk about Mm -hmm. when it comes to um, sleep and food and exercise and like basic wellness practices. But it also gets pretty woo sometimes. And so I Mm -hmm. often pull cards for coaching clients.
0: Cool. Can you also talk a little bit? You mentioned what it's, or you mentioned spreads. Can you elaborate on what those are for people who don't know? Yeah. So with tarot cards, I mean, you can pull
2: a single card. You could pull two cards. You could pull three cards. Mm -hmm. You know, you can pull as many cards as you want. Um, Generally, when you're pulling a card, you want to have a basic question around what that card is answering. So, for instance, my daily pull is just simple, like, "What do I need to know about today for like my highest and best self?" Like, super simple, basic question. But say I'm doing like a new moon reading, then then I'll pull generally three cards, and it's kind of like, "What?" do I want to release from my life right now or like what patterns or emotions or things do I need to let go of? What do I need to focus on and what do I need to invite in? And so then I've got three different cards. Each card has its own focus. And so then you can read that card with that like kind of question below it to have a greater understanding of the whole spread in total. So a spread is basically just a map of how many cards that you're pulling and what each position of those
0: cards means Mm -hmm. very cool awesome I think that's helpful because I am just very gingerly dipping my toe into tarot and the spreads completely overwhelmed me and it's like okay I'll just do three cards cool cool but like what if there's a, a different spread that speaks to me more that I'm just too like overwhelmed to use or should I just be doing one card so it's good to know that it's just like what what you need it to be. And I still get
2: overwhelmed with like <laughs> multiple card spreads. And only recently, I would say within the last couple months, have I felt more comfortable doing like larger spreads and even coming up with my own more complicated spreads. And one of the things that really changed that mindset for me was knowing that like, I don't have to know exactly what this all means. It's not like a map, a treasure map, that I need to be right. able to figure it out and yeah. like figure out where the X is on mm-hmm. the map. It's like, I just pull all the, these cards. Maybe some of them are really going to connect with each other and going to connect in my brain and like give me a strong message, whereas others are just going to be like, oh, that's just a little bit of a supporting player, and it doesn't have as much of significance for one reason or another. Or maybe it does, and I'm not seeing it. And Two months down the line it's gonna like pop into my head like oh
1: that's what that was all about cool. <laughs> right Cool, right also i know that some people really practice like very specific spreads where because there are spreads like the compass spread where you can you like separate your deck and then you put one in the middle and you have the, this is sort of set up for that in some way north south east and west um and then some people just go based on intuitive spreads mm. i think it just takes like a little bit of trust in yourself that you you can just follow what you think you should do. Right. And you're right. <laughs> I mean, the, for me, the tarot
2: is all about helping me tune into my intuition and trust it full heartedly
1: right exactly which is really hard to do especially if you're the kind of person who likes to get things right yeah like i feel like that's what holds me up sometimes with tarot stuff is what being like well is this the correct way to do this spread and the answer is yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes if you're doing this spread and you're listening to yourself when you're doing it then you're doing it right yeah absolutely cool so how how (laughs) would you say someone should would start like if you get your first deck what do you do first yeah so
2: Well, okay. (laughs) So when you get your first deck, you can do a couple things like before you even really use it. You know, I think of tarot as being, I don't necessarily love the word like a sacred object, but it is a special object. And so you generally want to try to treat it with that specialness Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so for me like when I get a new deck I generally like to open it when I'm like all by myself and I'm not feeling rushed I don't have to like be somewhere in the next 20 minutes I can actually like sit down and like look at the deck and look at the cards and kind of connect with the cards in this way because the decks that you're gonna get the best readings from are the ones that really like kind of have absorbed some of your energy basically mm-hmm. and so i will go through sometimes with decks i will like sage them sage meaning like take a piece of sage or a piece of palo santo and like burn it and then run the smoke um, beneath the deck of cards um a friend of mine she takes every single card so she'll like light a piece of palo santo in every single card and she says that you know, partly she does it to remove any existing energy from the card, but she also does it because then every time she takes out her deck, her cards smell like Palo Santo. And yeah. she just loves that, you yeah. know? So whatever works for you. Um, I'll usually do like a little quick saging and then just kind of go through every card and just look at the imagery. Because I mean, part of that's partly what's fun with tarot is that the cards are just fun, like artist statements. Right. Yes. And it can be so different, deck to deck. Exactly. So I do that, and then um, I usually do a deck interview spread to like learn what that deck is useful for. Because um, now that I have multiple decks, I've found that some of my decks are better for giving readings for other people. Some of those decks are just like playful and fun, and they're just like cool, whatever decks. And then I have like one deck that is my deck only for me. I don't let anyone else touch it. I don't read for anyone else with it. It is just like my Mm -hmm. deck. Um, And so I do a deck interview spread, and that kind of gives me a sense of like what that deck is here for. And then from there, I just um, start using it.
0: (laughs) it Sounds right. (laughs) You guys dig into
2: it. So which deck did you bring today? So today I brought um, the uh, Rider Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith deck. Um, So to talk about like tarot history just for a second, which I am by no means a tarot historian. So excuse me if I get anything wrong, which I probably will. But um, from what I understand, tarot, you know, goes back to like the 1500s, basically as this like playing deck, like actually used more for card games than for divination. And um, it started with the Marseille deck, basically trickles down in some different forms until we get to, I think, the early 1900s or like the late 1800s and that is when um there's this like occult group called the golden dawn
1: I think is what it's called I think that sounds familiar to Mm me okay good
2: and basically from there there there's like a group of people and they're all um really interested in mysticism and um, philosophy and everything like that and from there we get are two most basic forms of tarot decks of what we have like in modern tarot. And that is um, the Toth deck and the Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, The Toth deck was drawn and created by Aleister Crowley, who was part of this order. And then the Waite Smith um, deck is Rider Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, Rider Waite basically like wrote all of the card booklet and kind of decided what the cards, what order they were going to be in and all that stuff. And Pamela Coleman Smith was the artist that actually drew the cards. Um, so those are kind of the two branches of tarot, of what we have in modern tarot. So I would say that um, most of the decks out there are kind of based on this Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Um, the imagery stays somewhat the same. The order of the cards stay somewhat the same. It's just interpreted in different ways. Versus the Toth deck, I haven't really seen very many if any um new interpretations of the toast deck like that is just its own thing Mm -hmm. um and it does have a slight change in the card order and a slight change in some Mm. of the names and so they are kind of two separate things like professional tarot readers generally are either Toth (laughs) readers or they're you know coleman smith um readers and so this is the deck i have here today it's the pamela coleman
1: smith rider weight deck and yeah it's a very traditional looking deck
0: (laughs) Yeah, super Um, imagery. Yeah, I like it. It is. It's beautiful.
1: So, like, if you were to do a reading for yourself today, what would you do? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: I do do readings for myself every day in the sense that every single day as part of, like, my morning practice or my morning, like, self-care rituals or whatever is I sit down, I set a timer, like, I use... um, like Insight Timer, it's an app on my phone mm. that has like a really nice like Tibetan bell as a timer, so you don't okay. have this like yeah. thing going. And um, you can have it have it set for 15 minutes with like a a bell ringing at every five minutes as like a it's been five minutes, okay, it's been 10 minutes. And so what I do is I I sit down and I just like straight meditate for the first five minutes. It's just like my morning quiet solitude time, and then the first bell goes off, and then the second. Five minutes, I shuffle my tarot cards and I just kind of like ground and touch in with my intuition and just kind of like open all those things up and pull a single card for the day. And then the third five minutes, um, I will journal either about that card or do like gratitude journaling or like something like that. And that's kind of my morning practice. And I feel like that's a really good way to get to know a deck in the first place Mm. is just pulling one card at a time and learning about that single card and not trying to overthink it but just like looking at it so like I just pulled a card from this deck and do you want to tell me let's ask Lucia since she really has okay. like, <laughs> no knowledge about the tarot but like uh, what do you see
0: on this card I see a person working and working on like a star shape in particular like he's like sitting on a bench has, like, tools in hand. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the Eight of Pentacles.
2: And the Eight of Pentacles, um, it's all about hard work. And not just hard work, but um, becoming masterful at something. Mm. So you can see that, like, not only is he working on that star shape, but there are seven more hanging above him. Like, he has been practicing the same thing, like, over and over and over to become masterful at it. So basically just pulling a card and even like looking at it and being like, okay, well, how does that maybe relate to me right now in my life? You know, maybe you are working on something and like have this goal in mind and know that you need to practice more and that this is like pushing you to practice but maybe you're feeling kind of overburdened and you pull this card and you realize like I have been spending all of my time just making these star shapes Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what's coming up to you in your intuition like there's no one right way
0: of looking at it I think that's really key too and that can be what is so stressful almost about starting tarot is like what do I what do I take from it and that kind of perfectionist thing again and then being like oh right I'll just take like what i need to take right
2: no big deal and then if you want to start getting others involved you can pull another card (gasps) (laughs) and so then you look at the two (laughs) together yeah you look at them together and see the relationship between them so we just now pulled the ten of pentacles which on this it just shows a very almost kind of opulent scene like there's a lot of grapes there's um Three generations, it looks like, a people. It looks like there's an old-haired man, and there's a young baby, and then a couple. So very like family-oriented. It looks like the place that they live is just very well-established and um, has a lot of riches around them. There's dogs. It just feels like a very abundant life. And so then you could look to it together and almost see a correlation like, oh, well, if I put in this amount of work or this amount of effort into something, this could be the reward that mm-hmm. I get from it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: Uh, the one thing I really like about tarot is that there's just certain trends that you notice. Like if you pull a 10, you know that there's some story about completion or full circle with the 10. So you can kind of like, okay, well, it's a 10. And then if you look at this the suit, essentially, then you can start to make, like pentacles is the suit of um, like earthly goods, right? Yeah, For, so it's kind of like uh,
2: health finances anything that's like really physically grounded in reality so
1: then you can look at it and be like okay well this is clearly about that aspect of my life and then you don't even really need to read your book if you don't want to because you can just look at it and kind of
2: you you don't necessarily
1: need to know exactly what an eight means to figure it out (laughs) from the picture which is
2: one of the reasons why I really love for beginners to start with a deck that's Either the Rider weight deck or something that's kind of the imagery is really based upon that. Like, for instance, I know that your first deck was the Wild Unknown deck. Yeah, which correct. is very different. Totally different. doesn't have any people in it. It's only animals and, like, nature scenes. And while it's a beautiful deck and the, the imagery is beautiful, and her writing in her guidebook is very enlightened and it's, it's wonderful. But I feel like having that be a first deck for somebody can be – you're very then um, – chained to the guidebook because yeah. you don't necessarily know what this one image implies versus looking at cards that are based on the Rider Waite imagery. There's just so much stuff going on. Like I can look at this eight of pentacles a zillion times and maybe I'll see something different every single time. Like why is he have two different color shoes?
1: Like mm-hmm. one of the shoes is red and one is brown. Yeah, You know, right. like
2: little things like that that you don't necessarily see on some other decks.
1: Or some other decks have taken some, um, so much artistic license that you maybe are confused by the imagery or don't quite know how to connect it to yourself. Yep.
2: Yeah, or, you know, partly what what Pamela Smith used in these drawings was a lot of, um, I don't want to necessarily say typical, but like historical iconography. Sure. So like certain animals might mean certain things Right. in like traditional art history iconography and you can kind of even pull some of that because you know she was really influenced
1: by that so if you were to turn this into a three card spread how do you then move that make that sentence make that full sentence well, Ooh, queen of swords <laughs> queen
0: this of is my future
1: sword. tattoo i swear she's all, she exists every every time i do a reading for myself <laughs> she's just hanging out for a, a while room. i was pulling her almost every day
2: Like not necessarily in my single card pulls, but like every single big spread I did, I was almost always pulling her too. Yep. And I very much see like myself as the queen of swords. Yeah, even though
1: everyone thinks she's a bitter old lady, I'm like, you know what? She Mm -hmm. just knows how to get like She knows how to get it done.
2: And not even get it done, but like she knows what she wants. She knows how to say it.
1: And she's very to the point. She doesn't mince her words. She doesn't try to make you feel good about it. She just tells you what it is.
0: There's no run around. No, there's no run around. totally that's a good spread
1: well we didn't really like
2: say what we were going to have each of these positions mean and what really it's interesting because what actually kind of comes up for me is like she's facing away from these two cards i almost want to like put her on this side as like the beginning of the storyteller as opposed to the ending Mm
0: -hmm. which like you can
2: do that with tarot too like there's no reason why it has Mm -hmm. to like just be that way i know I know professional readers that will like move the cards around in certain ways that like because that doesn't feel right to them and so they move it or like some people get all freaked out about like if they pull a card and it's in reverse and they're like, oh my God, is the world ending? And it's like, no, you can flip it over. You don't have to read a reversal. Like a reversal just means that the card still means the same thing. It's just that the energy is somehow being blocked in some way. So either it doesn't mean that it's the complete opposite. Like you can choose to read it in the complete opposite, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I love that Queen of Swords. <laughs> it's looking good. It's
2: almost like she's overseeing this thing going on.
1: Right. She's, like, trying to tell you the truth. She's like, listen up.
0: This is what you got to do. Put in the time.
1: <laughs> you will reap the reward. Totally. Yeah. I love and no, no bull about it. She's totally. so smart. I know.
0: Aww.
1: Queen what of Swords. A I, I'm obsessed with the Holly Simple deck. And the Queen of Swords and the Holly Simple deck is awesome. Also, Yeah. It's just every deck. She's like so badass looking. I'm just like, oh, Queen of Swords. I love you. So now that we've talked a little
2: bit about Queens and Pentacles and stuff, I think it's probably a really good idea for us just to give a little super super basic overview of like how the deck is um, yeah, do it. separated. So there's a lot of different ways you can kind of quote unquote break apart the deck um and i'll just go through a couple of them so first of all there's what we call the major arcana and the minor arcana um a deck in full is 78 cards there's uh 22 of the major major arcana cards and um they're called major arcana because they're like they can represent really big shifts like major life events or big archetypes they're when you pull them it means that there's like big energy of ruin sort of thing (laughs) versus the minor arcana
0: is more like day-to-day things. Like, let's see if we can find a major arcana card here. And I'll Um, say my first deck, or my, my one and only deck, is an oracle deck, which is just like the major arcana, right?
1: Well, an oracle deck is actually uh, it's up to the artists. So an yeah. Oracle deck, oh. like like Holly Simple, for example. I'm just going to shout her out. <laughs> hey, Holly. I love her new deck. <laughs> she's, she's been like her. posting all this stuff on Instagram. I know. And, I was like, and I I'm always like pins. DMing her on Instagram. She's like, hey girl, thanks. I'm just like, thank you for responding <laughs> to me. But um, she's making an Oracle deck right now that's like, I think it's available for pre-order either right now or later. But it's she just makes, like for an Oracle deck, you might pull out a card that says something like connection. And right. it's like, you read an Oracle deck how you want to. There's zero rules. Cool. But yours is just like um, a partial deck. It's just the major, right pieces. It's, yeah, so, yeah, it's just 22 oh, cards,
0: and it is very much like it feels very powerful every yeah, time. I'm like strong. Oh, good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah,
1: everything is very intense.
2: Very in the major. intense. So we yeah. just pulled a major card. I pulled the Hangman, and like that just like looks more intense. He looks like he's going through enlightenment almost. He's yeah. got this big halo, and he's hanging upside down, like. This is not something you would just see walking down the street, nope. right? Versus like the you know the ten of pentacles, this like family with their dogs. You're like that's just an average day to day thing that you could see at any point in time. So the the majors are like these bigger crazier energies. The minor is this day to day, everyday sort of events, activities, situations. Um, and then within the minor arcana, it splits down even further. We can split it down first into four suits. Um, the four suits are pentacles, cups, wands, and swords. And they correlate to the four like archetypical or alchemical energies. So it's like uh, wands are fire, cups are water, pentacles are earth, and swords are air. Um, and so for anyone that knows anything about those sort of elements um you know air is all about more like intellect and truth um pentacles are all about more physical things so like finances health um family that sort of thing cups are emotions and so our feelings and whatnot and then what did i miss oh wands are fire and that's more like action desires um creativity stuff like that and so so, then we've got these four suits. And then within the four suits, we've got the number cards and the court cards. Number cards, it goes from aces, which are ones, all the way to tens. So you can kind of think of it as aces being the beginning, tens are kind of completion of a cycle. Um, people that are into numerology, you probably will know some of this. So, like, you know, fours are all about structure and stability. Like, there are four legs on a table, it gives it a lot of structure. Um, versus something like fives, it's like right in the middle. So there's kind of this. Um, this really like challenging point in the middle of of a course of challenge or whatever and so like fives have a lot more um challenge to them and some mixing of energies in this really weird way and then we've also got the court cards um so the court cards are traditionally pages knights uh, queens and kings i've also heard it as like um daughters sons mothers fathers there's also some like non-gendered ones out there there's some really great like non-gender role um decks out there for people that are interested in finding those um and so you can think of pages as being almost like the children so they're really like excitable about their suit they're like want to explore everything and just like have all this enthusiasm around that their suit Um, the knights are Kind of like bullheaded teenagers. Mm. Like they kind of like act first, think later sort of part of their suit. Um, queens tend to have really mastered their suit internally versus kings have mastered their suit externally. Mm. And so that's kind of a really snapshot yeah. <laughs> way great, of explaining though. it. Yeah.
1: Are you taking an online course right now? Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I... Um, in teaching myself
2: tarot, I was very self-taught from the beginning. I didn't read a tarot, a book about tarot, or anything other than using your basic like internet Google searches um, for a good like year and a half or so. And then I decided that I wanted to learn more. It was um, kind of like a self-care goal for myself. Is that I wanted to take a class on tarot, not necessarily for like business purposes or anything, but just for myself because I wanted to. And so I. Um, through friends, kind of got hooked up with um, this guy, Jeff, um, who runs both an in-person and an online course called The um, Fool's Journey. Mm. Um, And he does it in New York, and then he also does it online. And so I am, it's a six-month long class. Awesome. We meet once a week for two hours. So every Thursday night, so we have it tonight, actually. We meet for two hours um, on Google Hangouts. And since there are 22, major cards, we meet for 22 weeks. Cool. Uh, and so every That's class, cool. we're going over a different major card. And so um, we also then talk about the minors. Like, we talk about every card in yeah. it. Um, but it's really cool.
1: Wow. Oh, I want to check that out for sure. Jeez. Oh, well, we're running low on time with you. <laughs> and I'm sad about that. But uh, if you want to know more about tarot, and if you want to know about reading in and then learning about cycles of the moon and how you can connect your woo-woo and self-care practices to the moon... You should definitely come to our event at my casa, um, which I will not tell you the address on this <laughs> podcast, but uh, look for it on Facebook and we'll put it in the show notes, an invite to that on July 9th.
0: Yay. Thanks, thanks for coming Yay. on, Amy. Thanks for having me. Thank this, you, Amy. this
1: has been Tarot Part 2. Uh, We're your hosts, Hannah.
0: And Lucia. <laughs> and
1: thank you to Taj, who is like um, the hermit. She's always my, the little hermit which is great. She has the little like lantern that helps lead your way. Yes, Aww. she has a lantern that helps lead your way and she also has like bits of wisdom all the time and is really good at setting personal boundaries. So get it, Taj. That's, that's uh, Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see you next week on Cast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
0: Bye. Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit silconicast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at silkanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcona CrossFit. See you there!